the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Monday, March the 30th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on March 30, 1981, you'll remember this, President Ronald Reagan was shot, seriously injured outside a Washington, D.C. hotel. John Hinckley was with him. I think he was his press secretary at the time. He was wounded severely. Others were wounded. White House uh, Press Secretary Brady, uh, uh, Secret Service Agent Timothy McCarthy, District of Columbia Police Officer. It was chaos. I remember it well. Today, in in 1492, I do not remember this. I hope you don't either. Today, in 1492, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella signed a decree expelling all Jews from Spain. Today in 1822, Florida became a United States territory. Today in 1867, U.S. Secretary of State William Seward reached agreement with Russia to purchase the territory of Alaska for $7.2 million. Interestingly enough, the deal was ridiculed by critics. They called it Seward's Folly. I think their great-grandchildren are in Congress today. Some of our elected officials are doing the right thing, and people are mocking them and ridiculing them for doing it. I would say buying Alaska for $7.2 million, I know that was a while ago, but that was not a bad deal when you just look at the beauty and the resources. Oh, my. Today in 1870, the 15th Amendment was passed. That guarantees the right to vote to all who are citizens, regardless of race. Today in 1923, the Canard Liner RMS Laconia became the first passenger ship to circle the globe as it arrived in New York. Magellan's crew circumnavigated the globe, but it wasn't a passenger ship. It was an exploring ship. In fact, Magellan lost his life, was killed in the Philippines, I think it was, somewhere on their trip around the world. But this was the first passenger ship to circle the globe, 1923. Today, in 1964, the original version of the TV game show Jeopardy was hosted by Art Fleming. It premiered on NBC. Today, in 2009, President Barack Obama asserted unprecedented government control over the auto industry, he rejected turnaround plans from General Motors and Chrysler that raised the prospect of controlled bankruptcy for the auto giants. Those were very difficult days economically in America. Ten years ago today, President Barack Obama signed a single measure sealing his health care overhaul, Obamacare, and making the government the primary lender to students by cutting banks out of the process. The left likes to build big government. The right likes to reduce the size of government. We need a government. 
We need it in particular for defense and government. I know there are those, perhaps some listening, want no government, but I don't agree with that. I think there is a place for government because we find it in the Bible. God is pretty clear on that. Romans Romans speaks to that pretty clearly, 13. But I think we need to control the government, not have the government control us. And therein is the difference. We're going through some very difficult times now, as we all know. This verse came to my heart. You probably know it from memory. If you do, say it with me. I memorized it from the King James Version. That's what we had when I was a kid growing up. I think it's still among the best. I usually use, for my own study and devotion and so on, the New King James Version. But you know Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I just wanted to share that with you this morning. For the person who feels confused, there is a lot to be confused about. To the person who feels frightened, there is a lot to be scared of. Most Americans have a degree of fear. Some are overwhelmed by it, paralyzed by it. But God is in control. And God is allowing certain things to happen for certain reasons and purposes that perhaps he alone knows. But we, if we pay attention, we can learn the purposes of God. All things are working together for good because God is in control. The events of the times are not good, but there are purposes that are higher than our lives that our circumstances, the course of human events, as we say, God is in control. We've got to find peace in that. And I know that if we spend time in Scripture, and I will encourage you, and I know many of you do because I read the notes you send, and they're always Scripture-based. Continue to spend time in God's Word. That is where peace is found. That is where security is found in the Lord, in His Word. In the Bible, President Trump was speaking along these lines actually yesterday. He had a, as you know, he has a press conference every day. President Trump on Sunday extended the administration's COVID 19 guidelines. He had been hoping that he could reduce them so people could go back to church, the church building, by Easter. That's not going to happen, apparently. He's extended the extended the guidelines until the end of April, but he expressed confidence that the battle will be won. The president said, quote, with the grace of God, we are rising to the occasion. We are proving that no darkness can overshadow the eternal light of American courage. We will win, and when we do, we will rebound with astonishing force and speed. We will be stronger than ever. We will have learned so much where something like this can never hurt us to this extent it has, and the world again. He said, the strength of our people is our single most important asset. Together, he said, we will defeat this invisible curse. The coronavirus guidelines originally set for 15 days, 
urge Americans to avoid gatherings in groups of more than 10 and to work from home when possible. They also encourage Americans to avoid discretionary travel. Dr. I think Dr. Tony Fossey and Dr. Deborah or Debbie, as she has become known, Bricks, I think they're spectacular in what they do. I think they're about probably the best scientific team for this kind of an event that could have been called up. Fossey has spent his life doing these kinds of things, studying them, helping guide the leaders and countries in the world and in the United States. President Trump said he asked them about relaxing the restrictions for regions that have experienced fewer coronavirus cases, but Trump said they didn't like the idea. He said, we could, ex- we could expect that by June 1st, we will be well on our way to recovery. I want every citizen in our country to take heart and confidence in the fact that we have the best medical minds in the world tackling the disease. We have the best science, the best researchers, the best talent anywhere working night and day to protect your family and loved ones and to overcome the pandemic. I think that's about as strong a statement as any political leader can make. Those of us who are looking to the Lord for guidance, and I believe that Trump's heart has been turned toward the Lord by people around him, to what degree, I don't know. But I do know that there are many around him, very, very close to him, from Azar, the guy that's uh, the health guy, and of course Mike Pence and others, deeply committed to Jesus Christ. Bill Barr is a very devout Catholic. There are many around him that love God and believe in the Word of God as the infallible Word of God. To us, we turn to Scripture and we pray for the President and we pray for the leaders and we're thankful, I hope, that he is sounding a note of optimism yet being rooted in reality, in science. The psalmist wrote, Psalm 20, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation in the name of our God. We will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Verse 7 of that same chapter, some trust in chariots, some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. And there's more, but that is the message of the Lord. That is what we stand on, the rock. The president is being accused, as is the evangelical community, of being responsible for this coronavirus pandemic. New York Times published a featured op-ed this weekend titled, The Religious Rights Hostility to Science is Crippling Our Coronavirus Response. That has been republished and quoted at least a dozen or more times that I have seen. 
some of the newspapers just republish it. Some tweak it a, a little bit. But it says, Trump's response to the pandemic has been haunted by the science denialism of his ultra-conservative religious allies. And the writer of this piece says, in the current crisis, we are all reaping what that movement has sown. Catherine Stewart, she's a well-known far-left author. She has a couple of books out. One of them is a bestseller. It's called The Power Worshippers Inside the Dangerous Rise of Religious Nationalism. The road to coronavirus hell was paved by evangelicals. She says, that's a quote. She says, Donald Trump rose to power with the determined assistance of a movement that denies science, bashes government, prioritized loyalty over professional expertise. Her indictment of evangelicals, hopefully that's most of us spending this half hour together today, Her indictment of evangelicals includes a picture of Christian leaders praying for the president. Several of the leaders, she included that in her piece in the New York Times. People standing around the president in the Oval Office with their hands laid on him, praying that Almighty God will come upon him and lead him and guide him. And yet they are being criticized and all of us are being criticized and mocked because we believe in an almighty creator God. They are saying deceptively, we don't believe in science. And yet, as time allows today, I'm going to get to it. The church has been an advocate of science. But all we hear is about the Scopes trial or whatever. But the church has been an advocate from the early, earliest organized church to current. has been an advocate of science, true science, not make-believe science, not Ocasio-Cortez's science about the new Green Deal and all of that, it's so convoluted, it could deceive anybody who isn't informed. And that's what's going on now. Her indictment of evangelicals, as I said, is augmented in this piece that's published in the New York Times showing Christians fervently praying. Helvetic King, Martin Luther King Jr.'s niece, Jack Graham, pastor of that great church, I think it's the largest or fastest growing church in America now, Prestonwood Baptist down in the Dallas, Texas area. Tens of thousands of people attend that church, and there's Jack Graham with his hands on the president praying for him, and yet people are mocking this. This isn't about me, this program, but I will tell you, I was mocked this morning already before I said good morning and told you what day it is for the things I believe in. We live in a very vile time. God is doing some things through this coronavirus pandemic. I'm going to talk about that sometime this week. I'm really praying about what I should say, and there's some things that I want to say that will rattle some people, but I feel it in my heart. We'll see how it goes. But Stewart's indictment of evangelicals is becoming a norm, not something that's out of the, you know, out of the normal. In other pictures, we've seen the black evangelical leaders laying hands on the president, praying for the president. Alveda King is in those pictures as well. But I will tell you, there is a growing movement. They're not a majority, but they have the full attention of the press because the press likes their message. And the press is anti-evangelical Christian. We are bigots. We are 
whatever. They like the message. So they cover these kinds of things and they feature these kinds of op-eds. Stewart writes in the New York Times, she says these people and the tens of millions of evangelicals who elected Trump, she said they're no better than the 19th century pro-slavery theologian Robert Louis Dabney. I wish I had time to talk about Dabney, but I, I just don't. But... <laughs> Who she says, who attacked the physical science as theories of unbelief. She writes that Dabney characterizes the hardcore of climate deniers and some leaders of the Christian nationalist movement. She uses that phrase again and again and again in the New York Times in regards to evangelicals, those who believe the Bible to be the inspired word of God and try to live by that. She said, like those allied with the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation, which has denounced environmental science as a cult of the green dragon. No, they haven't. They haven't done that. And again, I don't have time to get into all of these. It, could, it would be two hours. But I will tell you, they, they pick and choose certain statements that people have made, and they attach it to the total belief of a person or of an organization. And yes, there are some organizations under the banner of Christianity that are kooks, and they're way out there off the page. It's not pleasing to God, and it's not biblical, but they come in the name of the Lord. But they're not in the name of the Lord. They're in a different track, a different... That's why the Lord says, when we're judged... There will be those who will come and say, Lord, I did this and I did that in, in your name and so on. He'll say, I never knew you. So there are people out there claiming to be under the banner. And these people pick and choose that because they know that. Stuart knows that. She understands what Christianity is about. But she continues on and on through this. High, it's a featured article, featured op-ed. She continues diminishing the intellect, and, the, and casting biblical Christians and true conservatives as mental and spiritual outcasts like lepers or something. She also tagged several Christian leaders, Jerry Falwell Jr. and others, because they have been supportive of this president. She, she quoted him as saying on Fox and Friends the other day, I didn't see this, but he probably did say this. She quotes him as saying, you know impeachment didn't work. The Mueller report didn't work. Article 25 didn't work, and so maybe now this is this is the next um, their next attempt to get Trump. She goes on with that and and says, see, you know, and, and paints a picture that is totally untrue. She clearly misses the truth in what she's saying. She herself is affirming the truth that Falwell was saying on Fox and Friends. Anyone who's watching the news can see the case that she's making against evangelical biblical community is a case really the case against the left they deny the facts in favor of intellectually aligning with humanistic relativistic secularistic a worldview they do so in the name of science and if you disagree with their view you are the enemy you are the non-intellectual you are the science denier she continues to provide quotes from pastors who have pushed back against certain practices there are pastors today in christian churches who do not believe in vaccine. I am not one of them. I believe that God allows us to discover his mysteries, God's creation, and I believe that that comes through the medical field as well as other ways, and often God will choose to heal people through those methods. I also believe that God touches and heals people today. I believe in 
divine healing, even though it's been abused by some. But she continues with this. She attacks as though everybody believes certain things that certain people within the Christian community believe. She says in one part of that, she says, religious nationalism, this is a reoccurring phrase, religious nationalism is, was, has brought to American politics the conviction that our political differences are a battle between absolute evil and absolute good. Well, of course they are. The Ten Commandments are not suggestions. Thus saith the Lord. She said, when you're engaged in a struggle between the party of life and the party of death, as some religious nationalists now frame our political division. Well, that is the political division. Well, well, Congress, whatever you think of this $2 trillion stimulus, it's not a stimulus, I guess, rescue bill or whatever that was passed last week, whatever you think of that, and I, I got to tell you, those things give me pause, but people are in need today, and maybe the government needs to step up. But whatever you think of that, whatever you think of it, she, as that was being crafted... Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer were trying to give millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to Planned Parenthood from that, the passage of that particular legislation. You tell me if that isn't evil. By any examination, looking through the lens of God's word, that's evil. Of course, it, it is a battle between good and evil, absolute good and absolute evil. Satan is absolutely evil. God is absolutely good. And the Bible is very clear. We're serving one or the other. We're following one or the other. And yet there are all these people that are trying to herd humanity into some kind of a middle of the road, and it's only because they, not evangelicals, want to control the masses. The things they accuse us of doing, and this is an outstanding example, is the very thing they're trying to do by fear and deception. This new Green Deal is a farce. It's not about science. It's about political control. It's about the transfer of wealth. It's about redistribution of wealth. It's socialism at its heart. That's what it is. And yet she defends this, and the New York Times puts it out there, and if the Times publishes it, all these other newspapers, some of them in large markets, some in little villages around the country, they reproduce it and the people read it and say, wow, well, it must be true. I saw it in the newspaper. If you saw it in the newspaper, I can almost tell you that as much as that made it true when I was a kid in my lifetime and yours, it probably verifies that it's not true now. Because if it's truth, they seem to stumble. If it isn't truth, they seem to embrace it. She said, only a heroic leader, free from the scruples of political correctness, can save the righteous from the damned. That's the message of the evangelicals. And she's saying, that's why, that's why we're having this pandemic. The road to coronavirus hell, she says, was paved by evangelicals. A lot of people feel that way. They just don't say it or they don't have access to a, probably the most significant, historically, newspaper in America. The Gray Lady. The New York Times. Perhaps this is why many Christian national leaders, she said, greeted the news of the coronavirus as an insult to their chosen leader, 
It's a lie. And we're living in a day of lies. By their own admission, by their own admission, quote, you can't let a crisis go to waste to do things you couldn't do otherwise. Who said that? Yeah, Rahm Emanuel said that during the Obama administration. Well, that was a long time ago, five years ago. No, Representative James Clyburn, Democrat from South Carolina, who's pushing Biden. He said that just a couple of weeks ago. That is the philosophy. Find a crisis and try to turn it away from truth to achieve a relativistic, humanistic end. Because the end is noble and the means therefore are justified. Saul Alinsky popularized those tactics. Barack Obama taught the principles. Hillary Clinton almost went to work for Saul Alinsky by her own admission. She said she almost, he offered her a job. She almost took it. They're disciples of this. Most leaders of the left practice this kind of thinking. Stewart knows that. She's simply in denial. She isn't uninformed, I don't think, about science, Trump, and the people who voted for him. She admits, by all accounts, President Trump's tendency to trust his gut over the experts of issues like vaccines and climate change does not come from any deep-seated religious conviction. But, she adds, he is perfectly in tune with the religious nationalists who form the core of his base. The Christian nationalists, the identity that she's using, is her attempt to make some connection to Hitler and the masses he deceived. That's what that's all about. And she's not the only one doing this. She's just the featured oracle of the weekend. Stewart's either terribly uninformed or to, as to where evangelicals are coming from, or she's just chosen to lie about it. She's chosen to lie about it. Political correctness, it's a Marxist tactic to control the society, and they have been able to implement that while we slept through many of their little out their little campaigns. It has successfully been has placed a number of people in our country in some kind of a social-induced coma, a coma of some kind. But there's an awakening, and it's political, and it's spiritual. And people today are awakening to the tactics of the left. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. And God is allowing this to roll on day after day. And yes, people are sick and they're dying. I, I see that. I know that. And God's ways are higher than our ways. But I will tell you, I can see the hand of God working, not causing this. God does not cause tragedy. But he allows it. And God is working through these things, these events that are happening in our life. Be absolutely confident in the fact that God is in control. And when he speaks, things will change. And they do change. So trust him. Stand strong. Scientists, evangelicals, intellectual retards, we're not that. We've always stood for science. And the more that's discovered on all fronts of science confirms rather than denies the truth of the Bible. I wish I had another half hour today, but I don't. And I'm coming to the end of this one. So we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. Thank you for your support of this ministry. It's very important, particularly at this time. Difficult 
um, for sure. Everything's up in the air. But thank you for your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue 98009.